Hey, this is Val Selby, and after over 20 years online, I can track where my mindset has blocked me. If procrastination, imposter syndrome, and a lack of focus have been blocking your biz, then Val Full Volume is here to help you see choices you are making. Get ready to use your expertise to collaborate like a pro as you create the business of your dreams. Now is the time to make changes and live your best life. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. I am so happy to be bringing a guest on for, I I don't know, I'd have to look back. I think this is the first guest of 2024. I don't know the problem with recording ahead of time, right? (laughs) I know this is the first recording with a guest in 2024. So yay us. (laughs) So I am really excited because this is something that we're going to have a conversation, I'm sure, today about burnout And this is something that right now I'm having a yes and a no from so many of my clients of, oh my gosh, I'm hitting it hard and it was awesome. And here we come into the new year. And I have these other ones that are like, oh my God, 2023 just about destroyed me. So I'm looking forward to this conversation today. And I want to thank you, Alicia Johnson, for being here and bringing your expertise into this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk. Yeah. So if you don't mind, would you tell the listeners about yourself, please? Yeah. So I am a licensed therapist based out in Michigan. I'm also a burnout coach where I help other therapists and entrepreneurs find a really meaningful work-life balance. And then as of this year, 2024, I'm a podcaster. So really been on this journey of finding things that align with my interests and my values to prevent burnout from happening again. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love it. It's I think you're going to have so much fun doing the podcast. Oh, yeah. And getting so much more words out there. So before we even start, I have to ask, because you're in Michigan, are you Team Blue or are you Team Spartan? Team Blue. National oh, gosh. <laughs> Stayed up way too late last night, but it was so worth it. So we're, rec- we're recording it. It happened last night, everyone. <laughs> and of course, I'm in the Seattle area, so we're in second place. <laughs> the beautiful thing is that all of my friends that are from Michigan... I celebrate with you because that was a really good win. And my house was totally hoping that it would be Michigan you dubbed. So yay, you guys. Congratulations. Damn it. <laughs> They're joining the Big Ten next year. So I'm sure there'll be lots of rematches. Right. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so on from that, Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, we had to go there. Yeah, I had to give my congratulations. But oh my gosh, I totally lost my train of thought. Happens. So <laughs> how did you get started out in the burnout niche, the coaching for the burnout? Yeah, well, my coaching came later. So I definitely started out as my niche in my therapy realm. And like a lot of therapists and like researchers and all that is like the research is me search. And I feel like that can be relatable to a lot of therapists and coaches who find out their niches. We have lived experience. And so I can really relate to being burnt out and stuck in a job and coming home and not enjoying the things that I used to do and just kind of like going through the motions and not being a really active participant in my life. And I made a lot of changes and did a lot of exploration. And I was like, oh, well, like, I know I'm not the only person going through this. And it's not a diagnosable thing in the DSM at the time that was around when COVID was happening. And so I was like, we need to have more of these conversations and really tackle this hustle culture and mentality. And it just really fit with 
my modalities, my personality, and then my lived experiences. And then, of course, through my own just journey and kind of adding coaching, I was like, I want to help other therapists and other helpers who I see this so prevalent in this field. For sure. Yeah. I mean, my husband's a firefighter. So, of course, we've got the nurses and the caregivers and just everybody in that whole field. And it takes a toll on you because... I mean, even if you've got your boundaries up, you're still taking on part of what your clients are going through. Oh, yeah. And we give so much of ourselves in those helping roles, those first responder roles, where it's not as easy to just like check it at the door always. Like we're humans first, I always say. And so like it's, yeah, we can have a great support system. We can have good coping tools. We can have boundaries. And we're still going to be impacted sometimes. Definitely. And especially because that's why you got into it to begin with. Right? Is like your heart is caring. So (laughs) it's the heart part. Yeah. I always say everything has pros and cons. Yes, for sure. Oh, I had a thought. Good grief. What is up with my brain today? I had a thought. Oh, here was my thought. And I'm not usually so scattered, but here I am. (laughs) I loved that you were talking about the fact because you are a licensed therapist and we're always talking about expertise in the entrepreneur space and how you bring it in. And I love, and this is probably my own thing. I love the fact that you are saying that just like everybody else in the world, you are finding your experiences and that's what you're using in your practice per se. Yeah. And I think it's becoming more common, I think, in the entrepreneur world to kind of like be more of ourselves. And that's how we're really connecting with people. Whereas I feel like maybe 20-ish plus years ago, it was like, nope, you have to just be like this blank slate and not show any of your personality and just do what the consumers want. And it's very much more about the relationships, I feel like. And we do that by being ourselves. And we're like, I'm not going to make all my coaching sessions or therapy sessions about me, but they're connecting with me. They're choosing me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And the fact that you might have had a similar experience, that's part of the connection. Oh, yeah. It helps people feel like they're not alone because so many times when we're in those really dark places, we feel really isolated and that we're doing something wrong or that we have all this shame and guilt. And just to be like, hey, what's different experiences, but I've been there. That can just be enough for people to let their guards down and be like, oh, I'm not crazy. And I don't use that word, but that's what our voices are telling us in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. Or that whole, I'm the only one going through this. Why does everybody else have it together? And I don't. Yes. <laughs> Which that's everyone, that's like every other day for me. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It's like, no one has it together. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, no. It's like one day it's like super high one day. And actually that's the funny thing. I've been very open on the fact that I finally acknowledge that I have anxiety issues. And that's probably why I'm a little squirrely today as I'm like in between meds. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll do it. So I've been open about that because I've been through the burnout. I get it. And I talk to my clients and my audience and I'm like, you know what? It's probably going to come around again. It just is. We go through cycles. Mm -hmm. So how do you notice when burnout's coming around? That's been a huge part of my burnout prevention. It's what I always recommend other people too, is just those early warning signs. And so for me, I've done a lot of self-reflection and I continue to do it because as we change and adapt, sometimes our burnout symptoms can also change and adapt. But my biggest one is irritability. Like if I start getting kind of like snappy, like I'm a 
fairly chill person, like go with the flow. So if I'm starting to getting snappy, it's like, oh, like, who are you? And if I have a snack and that's still not helping anything, then I'm like, oh, what's going on? And when I just like, I'm so tired after a days of work repeatedly. So we all have a hard day at work once in a while. Sometimes I always say we have to really lean into work sometimes. But if it's like a every day of the week, I'm just laying on my couch and I can't do anything. I can't go for a walk. I can't really like have a conversation. I'm like, oh, maybe something's going on. Right, right. Yeah, the snappy, that's a flag for my husband when I notice because he's the big old teddy bear. And I notice when he's cranky, I would say, coming home from work and all he's doing is complaining about this and that and this and that. It's like, oh, hey, mister. (laughs) Yeah. And that was me at my old job. So I thankfully now like run my businesses. So my boss is myself and I can kind of handle that. But I know that was my big sign when I worked at an agency is I would come home and I would spend probably the first hour with my partner just complaining about work. And I'm like, I'm already spending eight plus hours a day at this place. I don't want to spend my limited time with my partner complaining about this place. And so that was a huge sign for me when I was in the agency setting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I do notice that in myself. I don't think I really put it towards like burnout, but I know for me that when I recognize that I'm doing that, when I get tired of hearing myself complaining is when I make changes. It's like that last flag. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a little bit of venting's okay once in a while, but really, maybe I need to do something about that. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> we're the only ones that can make that change. <laughs> yeah, again, pros and cons. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so what do you recommend as a start? I mean, there's obviously you have to recognize it first. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to start recognizing a little bit more? I always just recommend just like spending a couple minutes with yourself a day. I think that's the big thing with my lens of burnout prevention and treatment is we don't all have the luxury of a ton of time, a ton of energy to do these really big things. So if you're listening and you're like, okay, yeah, like this sounds great, but like, when am I going to do this? If when you're brushing your teeth at night, just kind of doing a quick check-in, doing a body scan, seeing if there's any tension in your shoulders or your jaw, just reflecting on one to two things that went well or went stressful that day. And that's enough. I'm taking the expectation of, okay, well, just because I'm aware of this, now I have to tackle this. Like, you can, we can slow the process down. We can just start noticing our body, our thoughts, our dread, any worries. If we're already thinking about work the next day, that can be a sign. And then eventually, whenever you have maybe enough information of a pattern and then you start getting some energy back, then you can work on more of the action phases. Yeah, definitely. Oh, the energy. That's such a big one. I remember I went through major burnout at the end of 2020. Like Mm -hmm. I was four seconds from just like not coming back online ever again kind of thing. And I really had to sit down and pay attention. Okay, well, if I'm ready to just walk away from everything without even a goodbye, what can I get rid of? Mm Mm-hmm. Because as of right now, tomorrow, none of this is going to get done anyway. So yeah, what can I drop? And that really helped me get out because I, I mean, 2020, we were all crazy going through 2020, trying to figure it out. And I'd burnt myself out because I was working seven days a week because there was nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. And that can be a hard thing too, because like a, a lot of us 
love what we do. We kind of talked about this earlier. It's why we get into this thing. And so sometimes it doesn't always feel like work, but then it kind of like sneaks up on us and it can kind of come out of nowhere. And then we start feeling bad because it's like, wait, I'm supposed to love what I do. Why am I feeling this way? And it's like, because we're human and we have other parts of ourselves besides our job or our roles. Yeah. And I hadn't realized that I had no boundaries with myself. Yeah. Like I said earlier, the only one that could make all the changes was myself. Well, I was the one that was doing the seven days a week and all of that. So I had to sit down and put my own boundaries in place and talk to my husband about it so that he would help me <laughs> stick to my boundaries. <laughs> I needed that accountability of, hey, the office door is shut. You're not going in there. It's Saturday. <laughs> I love it though. I also love that like, so that's something that I do with a lot of my clients because a lot of burnout, we don't have control over everything, especially if we're working for someone or in an agency, there's a lot of like systemic things that like we feel helpless, we feel out of control and there's some truth to some of those things. So I encourage people, well, what do we have control over? And it sounds like for you in that example, it was able to be like, hey, I can close this door on a Saturday and I don't have to work. And it sounds like that was really like a changing point in that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my, I had to kind of like, I had to, okay, this is when we're going to be done with work for the night mm-hmm. and we're not going to check our emails on mm-hmm. our phone or, you know, any of that. <laughs> it's like, exactly. It was amazing how something so, I, I don't want to say super simple, like you said, I had complete control over and it made a huge difference. Right. I often say like those small, I don't know if small would be the right word either, but it's okay to start with small things. And then we feel empowered. That can lead to momentum. We can get some of our energy back and then we can always tackle larger things if we need to, but small things are still really powerful. Well, and another thing you had mentioned earlier was when one thing for you that you notice is as you're not doing other things. Yeah. And that is so big for a lot of us that work from home. Mm-hmm. So big because we're just, we're done. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. We're just like tired, mentally spent. Some of us, this was our hobbies that we turned into business. Yeah. And then it leads to what now? I don't have a hobby because now it's what I do for work. Yes. So finding yeah. other outlets and how in the world do you even do that anymore? I mean, as you can tell. I'm there. I do not really have any other hobbies at this time. It's just not, I know it's not healthy. <laughs> well, I feel like it's kind of like that hustle culture too, where like, I think we feel bad and guilty for like just doing things for playfulness or fun. And so it's like, no, I need to be productive. I need to contribute to things. I need to make money. I need to do all these things. And it's like, I can also just sit and like do really bad crochet. Like I don't need to like start an Etsy shop. I don't need to like be perfect at this. I can just be. Oh my gosh. I just realized that. Yes. That's like what flows through my head because it's like, okay, if I make an Afghan, what, then where am I going to sell it? Because everybody doesn't yeah. need 1200 Afghans and my, yeah, my brain immediately goes there. So that's not very calming. <laughs> no. Cause yeah. And again, there's like time and places where like, Hey, it can make a side hustle out of it. That's cool. But we also don't need to. And we can just be and enjoy the process. And if it leads to like, hey, this is actually really joyful and really comes easy to me and I could do something with this, well, that's cool. But let's like slow the process down and just be silly and play for a little bit. And enjoy. Yeah, it's definitely the enjoy instead of making everything into a money making. Huh. Right. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to sit and play with the one in my head. Oh, it was a journey for me. So I, all my things easier said than done. Again, speaking from lived experience, I had a crochet kit that I've had for like two Christmases sitting in like a basket. So I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm not going to be good at it. I don't have time to start an Etsy shop. And I'm like, no one needs an Etsy shop, Felicia. Like they're not trying to buy your weird crochet things. Right. right. Yeah, it's kind of like the cricket I finally bought myself, I think. Three Christmas, two Christmases ago, and I used it once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had so, to have it. Yeah, yeah, it's relatable, and definitely because, well, for me also, uh, sitting at the computer means mm-hmm. I'm working. Yeah, yeah, so, easy to check an email, and yeah. it just takes you out of that experience. Yeah, so I have to wrap my head around how can I make this something fun and craft again? I used to love crafting. How can we do that again? What What does that look like? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. So I would love it if you talked about your new podcast. Kind of a perfect segue. It's kind of been my journey on doing things that I like to enjoy. So it's just called Authenticity with Alicia. And I do a lot of like Instagram stuff. And that's something that really fills my cup. And I do those little Instagram reels. And I found myself that you really can only talk for like 30. To, well, you can talk for like a couple minutes, but no one cares on Instagram. They don't want to hear me talk for like <laughs> 90 seconds to three minutes. Instagram, you want the short, fun, like stuff. And I'm like, I want to talk. I'm a talker. Yeah. <laughs> I want to share stories. I want to hear other people's stories. I want to uplift other voices. And, so, and then I started to do some like podcast guest roles last year. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is my jam. Like this just fills my cup up. And I've been on this journey of like really finding out more of my identity and embracing things and doing things for joy. And I was like, okay, like this is all kind of coming together. And again, I'm not alone in this. I've spoken to so many young adults, women in particular, who are just like, I don't have hobbies. Like, I don't know who I am outside of my job. I don't really have these other identity aspects. And how do you make friends? And I'm like, yes, like, these are really important questions. And so I just wanted to share my experience and other people's experience and hope people can kind of relate and make that journey of finding themselves a little bit more enjoyable because it's a stressful process. It is. And yeah, I was, I don't remember, I was watching some show and, or no, no, I started listening to a new audio book and they were talking about, you know, because it's 40 something and making new friends and how in the heck do we even do that as 40 something and beyond? So I love this. This is exactly, your podcast is exactly what I, I am going to need <laughs> to get some tips from. Oh, yeah. And I think I've seen a lot of businesses, especially like solo entrepreneurs and small business owners, they're kind of asking themselves like, well, well, who am I in my business even? And like, I am a one person show. And so sometimes it's easy to blur that line between like who I am in my business and what my business is and where I kind of am. And I think a lot of people are asking themselves, who am I? How do I want to express myself? How can I have these values and personalities in my business even? I think it's just like a timely conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. Everyone, it's going to be in the show notes, so you can go and check it out. Um, we'll all be subscribers because <laughs> we all want these tips of, of getting out of our business and getting more out of life, which is what I love. Yes, for sure. I love it because that's why we are entrepreneurs. Yes. Is to enjoy the life part and yet... It gets lost. It gets lost. Yeah, we... <laughs> Shove it to the side a little bit too much, I feel. So so I love that. 
Yeah. We're all like, I'm going to work less. And it's like, no, I work a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect podcast timing for me. Is there anything that you would love to leave as a end note for the listeners? Oh, I think something that I also work a lot with is just like treating ourselves kindly, like with burnout and just our journey for authenticity. Like we're going to make mistakes along the way. We're not going to get it right the first time. And so just like treating ourselves like we would a friend. I'm very into self-compassion. And so like, if you're hearing this, like it sounds so much easier said than done. And it's easier on the other side of things. So take what I say with a grain of salt. This is not always an easy road, but it is so, so worth it. And just practice lots of kindness to ourselves. I love that. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's something I'm working on as well. <laughs> I mean, it's always a journey. Yes. I mean, there's no point. That, there's only one point when we get to the end and that's it. It's growth. Exactly. <laughs> Everything is growth on the journey. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Alicia, for coming and talking and bringing up the burnout. And I know there's some tips in there for you guys to take in. If you're feeling that burnout feeling, start looking for the flags, like Mm -hmm. Alicia was saying, and especially the self-compassion. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You know, like you said, especially as as females, we're used to taking care of everybody else. And it's really hard to kind of start doing the inner Mm -hmm. work and looking at ourselves and (laughs) seeing our faults. Ain't that the truth? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Alicia. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great chat. Everyone, you're going to find all about Alicia in the show notes. So jump on in there and follow her. I know if you just resonated with this one, you're going to want to jump on and go get that podcast for sure. Let's bump her podcast up. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you.